Um, beginning of the week, I thought, oh my word, pre- lots of preachers, pastors have this, it's Mother's Day. What on earth will I say on Mother's Day? And you go back to things you preach in the past, can't just, can't just recycle one in the past, you've got to, you know, just lazy. So I, I was there, I was, and, you know, I forget what I was doing Monday or Tuesday, uh, but, you know, in my mind thinking about this, and I said, what am I going to preach, Lord, what am I going to preach? And just into my mind came two words, great faith. And I thought, wow, wow, I'll have to look that So I did, I looked it up. Jesus often rebuked his own disciples, poor guys, <laughs> for their small and weak faith. Oh, you little faith, how long have I got to put up with you? I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty in your face, isn't it? But there are two people in the Gospels that Jesus commended for their great faith. Just two people. And neither of them were Jewish. Both of them were Gentiles. People from outside of the covenant of Yahweh with Israel. Both came to Jesus, not for their own sake, but to, to ask his help for someone else. They were interceding for somebody. The first was a Roman centurion. This Gentile man came to plead the case of his servant. Here it is in Matthew. We're going to take, take them both from Matthew. When Jesus entered Capernaum, city in the north of, of Israel, up near Galilee, a centurion came to him. Roman centurion, pleading with him, Lord, and he called him Lord, sovereign. My servant is lying at home paralyzed in terrible agony. Jesus said, I'll come and heal him. The centurion answered, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be cured. For I too am a man under authority, having soldiers under my command. I say to this one, go, and he goes, to another, come, and he comes, and to my slave, do this, and he does it. Hearing this, Jesus was amazed and said to those following him, I assure you, I have not found anyone in Israel with so great a faith. I tell you that many will come from east and west and recline at the table with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. Those, of course, are the patriarchs of Israel. Many are going to come from all of the nations and sit down with the patriarchs of Israel at the same table. But the sons of the kingdom will be thrown out into the outer darkness. In that place will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So that Jesus turned to the centurion and said, Go, as you have believed, let it be done for you. And his servant was cured that very moment. Sometime further on in Matthew's Gospel, there's a second person. It's the Canaanite woman, a Gentile, Greek-speaking woman. Another person who demonstrated great faith. When Jesus left there from Galilee area, he withdrew to the area of Tyre and Sidon. That's a Gentile, Greek-speaking area outside of Israel at that time. Just then, a Canaanite woman, a local woman from that region, came and kept crying out. Notice that she kept crying out, just like the blind men at Jericho and other people. They, they shouted until they were heard. Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. She's acknowledging him as the Messiah, the, king, the rightful king of Israel. My daughter is cruelly tormented by a demon. Yet Jesus did not say a word to her. So his disciples approached him and urged him, send her away, because she cries out after us. You know, she's getting under our skin, she's a nuisance. 
He replied, speaking to the woman, I was only sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. I've only been sent to the Jewish people, in other words. But she came and knelt before him and said, Lord, help me. He answered again, it isn't right to take the children's bread and throw it to their dogs. Those are household dogs, not wild dogs, pets. Yes, Lord, she said, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Should I give you the children's bread? Like giving it to a dog? She said, okay, if I'm a dog, give me the crumbs from the table. Then Jesus replied to her, woman, your faith is great. Actually, in the original, there's an O there. O woman, your faith is great. Let it be done for you as you want. And from that moment, her daughter was cured. Just like the centurion, the sick or demonized person wasn't even there. So what were these two people doing? The centurion and the, 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 the Syrophoenician, but Canaanites, easier to say, woman, doing. They were coming and representing somebody to Jesus and imploring him for his help. Now, if, I don't, if you don't call that prayer, I do. You know, they weren't eyes closed in a corner in a, in a quiet room. They were right face to face with Jesus, asking him for something. Since it's Mother's Day, we're going to focus on the the woman. In fact, she's not just the woman, she's the mum, because she came to ask for her daughter, right? She was a Gentile mum who would not give up until she got the help she wanted from Jesus. Just a few simple headings here. She came to Jesus. She'd heard about him, the, the Jewish rabbi, the Jewish healer. She'd heard about him. And when she heard he was in her region, she went and sought him out. She trekked and found Jesus. Let me say this to you. If you want Jesus to help you, you've got to come to him. You've got to make some steps. You've got to make some approach. That's what faith does. It comes to where the help is, to Jesus. You see, you can complain about your trouble or you can come and bring your trouble to Jesus. You can complain that you need help or you can come and ask for help. It's an interesting thing that human nature would rather mumble and murmur than actually really ask for something. You can think about it. Well, one day maybe I might get to know the Lord Jesus. Or you can avoid it as I did for most of my teen years, until the Lord took a hold of me. But faith is in the doing, in the coming. Faith comes to Jesus. And then she called to him. She cried out. In fact, she did it repeatedly. Having come, she called until she got some attention. And sometimes, in the Bible, prayer is not polite. It's not, oh, thou, 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 amen. It's, oh, God! You know? There's some urgency in it. There's some desperation in it. There's hunger. There's appetite. There's, des- you know, it's like sometimes we're too polite. We're too nice. <laughs> you know, some people seem to think that Christianity is, is, the, is, is the art of being nice. 
Well, sometimes it's, it needs to be, have some guts to it. Faith needs to have some guts, some passion. God isn't put off by our passion. In fact, he's, he's moved by our passion. So his passion matches our passion. It's called compassion. You feel passion with someone. God delights in us actually expressing what we really feel and working through it. Our real need, our real hunger, our real appetite. <coughs> Prayer at its best is not oratory, <clears throat> fine words and all the rest of it. It's a loud cry arising from a deep longing. But a loud prayer is not necessarily great faith. All right? But great faith can be expressed in great cries. In fact, in Hebrew it says that Jesus was heard because of his tears, because of his crying. Faith calls to the Lord. Faith doesn't sit there and complain and mumber. Mumber, 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 <laughs> mumber. <laughs> Faith addresses him and looks for some help. Here am I in some trouble. Where's my help coming from? My help's going to come from him. Maker of heaven and earth. He doesn't just think things through or imagine outcomes. It actually asks something of him. You see, we can all daydream and invent and imagine and think, oh, if only, maybe, whatever, you know? But faith actually comes and says, please help me, Lord. She called to Jesus. And she would not give up. She was still at this point away, you know, the disciples were kind of, you know, doing the human shield thing, you know, no, you can't, no, 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 go on, no, no. Just kind of blocking her off so she didn't come close. But she wouldn't give up. And Jesus at first didn't answer at all. Now he had heard her. What can we say about the way Jesus dealt with her? Well, in hindsight, we can say he was testing her faith. And when it came through, he commended it as great faith. He was putting up obstacles for her to knock down. And the first one was, could she come close? Yes, she came close. The disciples urged him to send her away, but she wouldn't go away. Instead, she pressed closer. Maybe they, she kind of pushed up against them so much they, they broke away and let her through. Being almost sent away, she pressed in closer instead. Faith overcomes obstacles. Faith overcomes delays. It waits, if necessary, through delays. And, you know... It seems like our prayer hasn't been heard. You keep on praying. Her faith was being tested. Would she give up or would she go on? I wonder how many times any one of us has been that close to the answer but we've given up and walked away. She pressed closer. She would not take no for an answer. She pressed in and she made a request. And when Jesus said, well, you're not from Israel, and I'm only sent to Israel, and, it, you know, she said, help me, Lord. He, he, you know, she kind of batted that aside, she, and then he said to her, is it right to take the children's food and give it to the pet dog? She said, yeah, but even the pet dog gets the crumbs off the table. She reasoned her case. When you come to pray, and you're praying for, particularly for someone else, you come with an argument. You come with reason. You come Now, she did not have the promises of Scripture. All she had was a, a verbal account, the rumor, the, the report of this Jesus 
the Messiah, you know, dare we say it, you know, because we'll get in trouble if we do, but never mind. The rabbi, the healer, and he's, and he's come to our area. She'd heard the story of Jesus. That's all she knew. But it was enough to have her run it in there, press in there, get to his feet and say, help me, Lord. And when he gave her a kind of a setback, she pressed back. She reasoned her case. In praying, sometimes we need to reason with God, say, but Lord, your word says, and, 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 and you told me to pray for this, so here I am. You reason it through. Argue your case. God is not offended when we do that. If you don't believe me, go and read a few Psalms. Face to face with Jesus, she presented her case. He made a statement. She replied. He made another statement. She replied. She, he, she knew that he was the Lord, the son of David, who could have mercy on her and had authority, as, as the centurion understood, this man has authority from God on earth to do whatever heaven wants to happen. And if he says it, it's going to happen. She knew Jesus had authority to deliver her her daughter, and in Mark it says her little daughter, from this distressing condition. So on the one hand, you don't need to know much to come to Jesus and make your statement of faith in him and begin to call upon him. On the other hand, the more you read and use the scriptures, the better arguments you'll have, the better ground you'll have, the firmer your feet will be to stand and present your case. You'll be equipped with his promises. Finally, she received his word. Go and it will be done for you as you've asked. Now, when Jesus gives his word, it's as good as his deed. So the centurion could walk away knowing that when he walked through the door, his, his, slave, his servant would be well. This Greek woman knew as she walked home, when she got home, her daughter would be well. And so having heard Jesus' word to both of them, if someone said to them, you're going home again now, yes, all will be well, because Jesus has said so. They could declare his word. That's prophesying. But they knew they'd had his word. They weren't making it up. He had specifically promised them, go and you will find. So if, they, if somebody had said to them on the way home, you know, you're going to go and see your servant, your daughter again, Yes, but now they're going to be well because Jesus has said so. His word is enough. She stopped making a request and I imagine she walked home and she walked home expecting to find her daughter well because Jesus had said so. And so Jesus commended her for her great faith. Only one of two people in the Gospels commended for their great faith and none of them with the disciples or anybody else from the Jewish people. Jesus commended the centurion to the disciples in the crowd. He sort of addressed, I've never, I haven't found anybody with this faith in Israel. He's saying it to everybody. But Jesus says this to the woman, O oh woman, great is your faith. He's talking to her. Can you imagine what that felt like? For Jesus to look you in the eyes and say, woman, Great is your faith. 
Great faith is not self-centered. In both cases, this great faith is praying, interceding, asking for someone else. It's better to pray for other people than to pray for yourself. Now, there's, there's some, some praying for ourselves, sure. We need to deal with ourselves. We need to deal with our own souls. We need to deal with our besetting faults and sins and, and, and come before God and ask his forgiveness and ask his, for his grace to get on with life and to deal with the problems and issues of life. Yes, of course we do. But there's something about praying for other people that particularly touches the heart of God. He's impressed. He's moved when we, pray, when we engage in praying for other people. In fact, there's more scriptures in the New Testament that talk about us praying for one another than praying for ourselves. Pray for each other. Confess your faults to one another. Pray for each other's needs. Pray for each other's weaknesses. Great faith is not self-centered. It doesn't seek something for yourself. It seeks it for someone else. In fact, when you pray for other people, it's called intercession because you so identify with this person that it matters deeply to you that they get the help. You put yourself between them and God and say, please hear me for them. Please, Lord, listen to me for them and answer my prayer. You identify with the person in need. And your prayer is, is in fact, probably more passionate than you've ever prayed for yourself. And God is impressed with that. She wasn't even thinking about, this woman was not thinking about whether or not she had faith. Have I got faith? Have I not got faith? I don't know. Have I got faith today? Didn't enter her mind. She wasn't self-examining. She wasn't concerned about how she looked to other people. She wasn't concerned about how she felt at the time. There was Jesus. Here I go. That's it. There he is, the one they talked about. I'm in there. Because my daughter needs help. Faith does not look to itself. Faith looks to the Lord. Faith has to have a focus. It's like a beam of light. It's, 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 like, it's like projecting something. Faith needs to have a focus. And focus is, is, yes, there's a need here, but faith is, Lord, you can meet this need. No one else can. I can't do this. You can do this. Yes. Faith is focused on the helper, on the supplier, on the saviour, on Jesus. Great faith is not self-centred. It's centred on the Lord. And great faith prays. <laughs> That's very simple, isn't it? Yeah. Great faith prays. I've said before here uh, that in modern Christianity, people are more keen to prophesy than they are to pray, and that's, that's topsy-turvy. When, when we've prayed and we know that God has spoken to us, then we can declare what he said. <laughs> great faith prays. Prayer has gone out of fashion in the modern church. And I'm fighting a real God action to bring, get it back into our guts, into our DNA. That we, because great faith prays. We'll look at a scripture from Jesus in a minute to tie these two together. And great faith persists. It doesn't give up. Even when it looks like the door's closed, it keeps knocking. Jesus said, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open." When we're praying, when we're seeking God in prayer, there are sometimes we feel like the door hasn't opened yet. So what do we do? Oh, it's not open. Oh dear. Oh dear. Okay. We keep knocking until the door opens. That's what Jesus teaches us to do. Don't give up. 
I have one more set of scriptures for you. This is what, in Luke, where Jesus, notice the introduction. Jesus told them a parable on the need for them to pray always and not become discouraged, not give up. He told them a story to teach them to pray always, every situation, for all things, and not give up. And Jesus, in telling the story, guess what he does? He chooses another lady. This one's a widow. There was a judge in a certain town who didn't fear God or respect man. And a widow in that town kept coming to him saying, give me justice against my adversary. There was a legal case and she wanted it heard. For a while he was unwilling. But later he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or respect man, yet because this widow keeps pestering me, I'll give her justice so she doesn't wear me out by her persistent coming. Then the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And by contrast and comparison, because God is not an unjust judge, God is a just judge. Will, God, will not God grant justice to his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? They cry at night, but he will help them. He will give them justice. Will he delay to help them? I tell you, he will swiftly grant them justice. Nevertheless, here's a question that Jesus poses. When the Son of Man comes, when Jesus returns, will he find that faith on the earth? What faith? The faith that always prays and doesn't give up. Great faith. That faith. People think there's great faith because this happens or because... Because someone lays their hands on somebody and they're healed. Oh, that's great faith. No, no, no. Great faith is behind the scenes, before those things. Great faith prays and doesn't give up praying. That's great faith, according to Jesus. And the centurion did it face to face. And the Canaanite woman did it face to face. We do it by seeking his face, as we call it in prayer. Bowing our knees, closing our eyes, getting down on a chair, getting on the floor. And asking him with passion with meaning, with insincerity, with heart, for his grace, for his help. I wonder, question for all of us, who do you love enough to push through in faith and pray? Who stirs you enough to get you to pray like that? How much of a need is it before you're going to be provoked to really I've got, to, I've got to get an answer from Jesus on this. I, I, I've got to ask him until I know I've heard, I've heard from him. I pinched this picture as well. Oh woman, great is your faith. That's the, that's the title. <laughs> oh woman. I think Jesus, Jesus was looking at her. He didn't look at the crowds. He's talking to her. He said, oh woman, great is your faith. The picture I showed her just probably raised it to her feet again. The Lord Jesus commended this mum for her great faith. He used a persistent widow in a story to illustrate great faith to us. Faith that prays and doesn't stop praying. Some mums, dads, you can listen in on this and take, take some notice too, but all right. Mums, keep on doing what you're doing. Keep praying. 
training, correcting, caring for your children, even when they're in their 30s, 40s and whatever. Yours is a great task. And God has appointed you to it and he will equip you for it. And your help in every bit of that process comes from him. I quickly read this morning some commentary, commentaries on J.C. Ryle. Good old J.C. Ryle, good friends with Spurgeon in the 1800s. He was the first bishop of Liverpool when Liverpool turned from a town into a city. A great evangelical Anglican preacher. He said, so long as there is a praying mother, there is hope. So long as there is a praying mother, there is hope. It's interesting in scriptures it says, Paul writes in one of his letters, I I wish that men would pray raising holy hands without doubting. He says, why did you mention the women? You don't usually have to tell the women to pray. You have to tell the men to pray. That's my experience. J.C. Ryle also said, when you cannot speak to them about God because they won't hear it, you can still speak to God about them. When they don't want to listen, you can have his ear and pray for them. And there is hardly a person in the world who is now a Christian who did not have somebody praying for them on the way through to them becoming a Christian. We win by praying. Women, be great women of praying and persistent faith. But I want you today to hear something of the Lord's commendation. You mums, brands and others, just keep doing what you're doing. Let your care show Let your passion for the people you care for be plain. And let your prayers for those you love be constant, persistent. Keep asking, seeking, knocking until you receive, until you find, until the door, whatever door it is, is opened. Because the process may take longer than you suppose. But when he responds, when God acts, he'll do it very quickly. And he'll amaze you by his power and his love and his wisdom when he finally answers all of those prayers that you've offered. Oh woman, great is your faith. Come on, let's pray together. Let me say first of all that you may not yet be a Christian. And uh, like I said earlier, you, you don't need to know an awful lot to come to the Lord Jesus. You just need to know that he's real, that he exists, that he's here to help you. He can forgive you for all your past. He can give you a clean, a new start. He can put new life into you. Because he's the one who is risen from the dead and he has life to give from heaven to you. You just need to come to him. 
and make your prayer to him, call on him. And you can put your words together, however simple they are, it's fine. Just tell him that you want to know him and follow him and you want to call him your king too. And do that now. Take a moment now to come and to call on the Lord Jesus. And then for all of us, moms particularly, we don't do life best we can. We do it with the help of God. We do it with the energy that he supplies and the, the strength that he supplies and the wisdom that he supplies. And so every day of our lives we depend upon fresh supply from heaven of the grace of God, the presence and help of the Holy Spirit the wisdom that comes from God's heart. Uh, heart. Wisdom is a heart thing. You, you feel things before you can even put them into words sometimes because it's a heart thing. Why don't you make a little connection with the Lord right now and say, Lord, I want to learn more of living by your supply. Scripture says, you're my helper. I don't have to do all this on my own. I can come to you, not just every day, but even every hour, every minute, and get more help from you. And you will never turn me away, because I need your help so I can deal with the people around me. Family, home, workplace, wherever. The Lord knows we need help. We, we wake up to it sometimes. We just run out. We find ourselves in a place of weakness, even desperation. But we need his help every minute, whether we think like it or not. Keep on asking, and you will receive. Keep on seeking, you will find. Keep on knocking. The door that's stayed shut for a long, long time will open. his promises Father thank you for this time we thank you for your grace which is extended to us from a risen Lord Jesus the supplier of every good thing every good and perfect thing comes from above from heaven from our Father of light and so Lord we want to be those who uh, like little children, ask of you and receive from you, and ask of you and receive from you. And for some of the more difficult things, we keep asking of you until there is the breakthrough, until the door finally opens to our knocking. Teach us these things, Lord, and may many of us grow and learn to be those that you can commend for having great faith, we pray. We pray particularly your hand, your blessing upon our women, Mums, grands, today.
In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to break.